0: Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Yeah,
0: not too bad. Uh, what have you been playing um, within the last week?
1: Uh, I've been bouncing around a few things. Uh, I'll still pick up uh, Dead Cells every now and then, I'll mostly just when I need a break from whatever main game I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a lot of fun. I'm still not quite getting the controls, but that's more of a me thing than the game thing. Okay, make
0: um, like your muscle memories off? Or?
1: Yeah, well, not so much muscle memories, just the, the control layouts are still kind of weird, so. Okay. At least for me. Mm-hmm.
0: What, what, uh, what else?
1: Um, mostly Division 2. I did finish the uh, first part of the main story. Uh, not spoiler, semi, kind of, a little bit-ish spoiler. Um, don't finish the last uh, story mission until you've done everything you want to do in the main world. Because uh, that's the one thing they really fixed with uh, Division 2 versus Division 1 is that when you finish the story in Division 1, you pretty much had nothing to do except for PvP and Dark Zone. Uh, when you finish the last story in uh, Division 2, everything goes pear-shaped, and you've got a whole lot of single-player missions left to do.
0: Okay. So d- does it do the, like, hey, if you enter this mission, like make sure you do stuff kind of
1: thing? Uh, well, there's nothing really in a mission wise that you can't do um after you finish the last uh story mission, okay It's just a big big thing happens which I don't want to spoil, and then a lot of your access to a lot of the map gets taken away so all right cool uh anything else that you've played? uh nothing really worth the significance, so
0: okay, no problem um so I've been playing <clears throat> more days gone. I'm apparently in the final. Piece of it uh, I won't spoil anything here but the game kind of changes a little bit nothing like too dramatic but uh, basically Deacon ju- Deacon just goes to a new place which is what he does in the course of the game anyway he unlocks you unlock an- another one of the uh, camps that you can go to uh, but this one kind of changes things a little bit is how I'll kind of describe that. Um, and, uh, things are, things end up being a little bit different and it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with the, um, because when you unlock a new camp, uh, you unlock new characters because those new camps have their own leaders, uh, and each of the leaders is a little bit, uh, different, obviously, like, different personalities, different, uh, characters, that sort of thing, uh, they have their own way, way of running things and everything like that uh nothing like too massively different but with this particular one which i think is supposed to be the last camp or i'm gonna assume it kind of is um is is a little bit different but in an interesting way or it'll be interesting to see where they go with the new characters that they've introduced uh, and that and that sort of thing uh and um yeah it it still continues to be interesting it is it, really strange though because it continues to be an interesting game like plot wise character wise gameplay wise but it just really does chug at certain points uh, with, with the gameplay, like earlier, like literally about an hour ago, before we came to on, on to do this podcast, I was trying to do these uh, Nero camps. Uh, for those of you who haven't played the game, or whatever, it's basically where you uh, unlock these like research station kind of things, and you get a Nero uh, Nero injector when you could, where you can either increase your focus, stamina, or health. I've been going more for stamina, uh, because that's what I feel like I need more of out of anything. Um, And uh, you kind of get to one of those and you have to make sure that you uh, either disable or take out the alarms because if you you basically turn the uh, power back on for the place... Uh, those alarms will continue, will will start going off, and sometimes there's two of them, sometimes there's six of them, or anywhere in between, and that of course tracks the freakers, or zombies, or walkers, or whatever you want to call them, Um, so I unlocked a new one of those, and I literally did the same mistake, which was, uh, picked up the the fuel can thing, and uh, went over to the thing, and then, I would press square to, for him to, for Deacon to, uh, I, sorry, I put the fuel in, and then I went to, I thought, oh, I should take out the, uh, alarm things, because I forgot to, to do that. I immediately put the can down, um, the, the, uh, jerry can, or whatever it's called, and then I went and held, uh, square, and then it, the thing completed its circle. As soon as I'd done that, I knew I, <laughs> I knew I made a mistake, and I knew I'd forgotten to do things in, in the wrong order. That's the first time I've done that in the game. Uh, and then as soon as like Deacon goes to press the button and turn the little thing... I'm like, oh, I've I've screwed up. And then I know I need to immediately run. Because uh, the zombies kind of pile on you. Uh, and I'll call them zombies because that's just the, the original kind of name for... Infected people or undead or whatever. Um, They kind of pile on you immediately. And I was like, okay, I know where my bike is. I know where I left it. I ran straight over to my bike. Got hit a couple of times. And then just had to drive out of there. And then you end up in the kind of tactical situation where it's like, can you... Snipe the alarms off, because if you take out all the alarms, the zombies eventually start to go away from the area uh, And I managed to do it, and it was an interesting little challenge, and hey, I I'd, I I'd, uh, had to kind of fix one of my mistakes So that was interesting, um, but that's about where I've gotten up to, uh, and we'll see how long the game's got left My guess has been been I've played about 35 hours, although I'm completely guessing it might be 40 at this point It might be 50, I don't know My guess would be around 30 hours. Um, It's just so annoying when I do something kind of immersive like that. Like I mess up and I have to take out the things carefully and do all that. And I'm driving away and then the game decides to like freeze for five seconds or so. And then it's just really annoying. So yeah well I'll see how I feel about the game once I've finished it. Once the story's done and all that sort of thing. I mean there's probably going to be a sequel depending on how well the game does. But um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I finished Blood and Truth, so I'm not going to give my full thoughts here, because I'm going to do, obviously, a review for it. Uh, Towards the end of the game, it was just surprisingly blurry. I don't know if it was, like, uh, if I'd played it for slightly too long at certain points, which I don't think I did. Or maybe I'd, like, played it for too often over too many days, if that makes sense. Um, And, like, whether or not I'd I'd clean the uh, PSVR lens enough, or or some other sort of lighting issue, maybe um it's kind of interesting because there's this little base that you go into near the end and uh some of the areas are a bit more darker because they've been kind of the lights have been turned off because the enemies are in that particular area uh, and plus it's like a late at night scene so it's actually a bit darker as well as like kind of a bit more realistic uh i still found the shooting to be really kind of cool and everything and and that sort of stuff. Um, and I did eventually get used to... I think I talked about this last week. Where you have... You essentially have four holsters. Because you have the two that are like sidearms. And then you have two on your back. Which is two bigger weapons. Uh, and I kind of did get used to like... Okay, switch those weapons out. Reload it. The things on here. And I didn't get it right every single time. But I definitely got a lot more used to it. As uh, as things went on. Um, and yeah, you unlock a um, like grenade launcher at a certain point. You can just go kind of crazy with that. So... Uh yeah, it's it's been pretty good. It was just really surprisingly blurry, uh some situations. So uh and the story was surprisingly interesting as well. Uh given where where they sort of went with things. So uh that's kinda of what I've been playing. I want to kind of finish the Because um, I bought Crash Team Racing, the PS one version on the PS three. I do want to sort of finish that before the remaster comes out. Um but yeah, I, I'm kind of in the middle of like a bunch of games right now. Plus I got um have you heard of that game that recently releases like a, a Plague Tale Innocence or something? It, it might be called something along those lines. It's about uh, like the plague and you have to walk around with this girl and you have to sort of save. Her. Have, you, have you heard of the game that I'm talking about? Nope. No? I, I haven't heard of it, It's called like, like an Innocence Tale Plague or a Plague Tale Innocence or it, it's something like that. Uh, it's doing pretty well. It's getting kind of good reviews at the moment uh it's surprising because it's getting good reviews but it still feels a little bit under the radar like not that many people are talking about it but the people that are talking about it seem to be really enjoying it i got that sent to me today so i'll have that to play as well um yeah that's kind of what i've been playing uh let's move into some uh, housekeeping let you know what else we've been up to Today's sponsor is Kualoo. If you would like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and it will take you over to Kualoo to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualoo. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk. And to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright so recently on Entertainment Talk. Uh, me and David wrapped up Game of Thrones completely today. We did do a series review, of course, two weeks ago for the uh, Season 8, Episode 6. Uh, and then we came back and uh, just, just gave some after-series finale thoughts and thoughts on, this, on the series as a whole. You know, did, did, did a, did a uh, series wrap-up today, which obviously has spoilers in there. Uh, so obviously don't listen to that if you've not seen Game of Thrones. Uh, so we concluded that, and uh, that's the end of that. Um, there's going to be the prequels, which will be in about two years time i think and we do plan to cover those but uh yeah that's it for game of thrones um i did a new episode of the actor and actress spotlight uh for carl pilkington following on from when i did uh ricky gervais in episode three because they're kind of they've they've worked on stuff together and they've worked with uh stephen merchant and they've worked with uh warwick davis and stuff so i talked about all those kinds of projects that they've all kind of done together But more specifically on Carl's side of things uh, And he did a new show last year called uh, Sick of It And that sort of stuff So I talked about that uh, I did a bit of a different podcast yesterday Where I talked about how uh, The Good Place has Kind of helped me with uh, my mental health uh, Not as much with season 3 Because a different situation But I explained that in the podcast uh, And I don't spoil any of the um, show in that podcast There was no need I wasn't there to talk about spoilers Just how the show kind of affected me in season in season one and two through the catching up and everything like that, but uh yeah, I explained more of that in the episode. Uh I did another episode of the United cast where I talked about uh all of the Cup finals, or the the remaining three, which was the FA Cup, uh the Champions League and the Europa League finals. Um there isn't another planned episode of the United Cast yet, but there's been three episodes that I've done recently. Uh so those are out there for you guys to listen to. There's five of those at the moment. Uh, I forgot to mention it last week, but I did come back and do a Supergirl Season 4 review. Uh, The show was much improved over uh, Season 3. I'm not planning on bringing the podcast back necessarily, but I just thought I'd review the uh, fourth season, so that's out there for you guys to listen to as well. Um, What else did we do? We've been cutting out a couple of segments from the Gaming Talk podcast, so in case you missed that, we did, of course, our E3 predictions last week. We talked about George R. Martin working with From Software, or reportedly so, uh, and we talked about the uh, Avengers game which uh yeah we're going to kind of talk about the uh the was it the directors joe and anthony russo yeah the, uh, yeah the directors for that they're working on something new we're going to be talking about that here in a bit um yes yeah, so we talked about the uh you know it's going to be at e3 this uh coming week or next week or whatever at the square conference we talked about that uh and that's roughly what we've been doing oh yes classic reviews classic reviews is back for season two last week's episode was back to the future two and this week's episode is for Buffy the Vampire Slayer for episodes one and two of the first season. Uh, so it's just the first two of the first season. And I talked about that. Uh, there'll be three more episodes for classic reviews, then it will go on a short break. But that's what we've been doing on EntertainmentTalk.org or on podcast platforms. Uh, let's move into some news. <laughs> What would you like to talk about today?
1: Well, first up is an article that's a couple of weeks old, actually, but I didn't want to bring it up uh, during the E3 podcast because we had way too much to talk about even then. Yeah. So we've got our first casualties in the war on loot boxes. Um, I forget which episode, but I know... I mean, we've talked about loot boxes like crazy on this podcast several times, in fact, Mm -hmm. but I do remember one specific time... When uh, I want to mention that the country of Belgium officially declared them as gambling under their gaming commission, and they threatened very, very stiff uh, financial and legal penalties, even threatening to arrest members of the company themselves for loot boxes in the country. Well, in response to that, Nintendo has announced that it will be shutting down Animal Crossing, Pocket Camp, and Fire Emblem Heroes in the country in August. So, um, Nintendo Belgium announced the decision on Twitter on uh, about two weeks ago, claiming the games are being shut down during the current unclear situation in Belgium regarding in-game revenue models. Now, when we think of uh, you know predatory loot box games, we don't really think of anything that Nintendo makes. Although, Not really, I have no. heard uh, Fire Emblem Heroes has a really has a really really intense kind of a loot box economy. I've never played either game. Okay. Uh, have you played either of those games?
0: No. no. Well, sorry, which games did you say?
1: It's called uh, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes and yep. Animal Crossing Pocket Edition. No,
0: I've not played either of those of Those Shh. games. I know there's big fans out there, and they're really hoping for uh, Animal Crossing to get a date at E3 for uh, Nintendo's uh, Direct thing.
1: Yeah, now um, I know that uh, um, uh, Fire Emblem is an iOS game. I don't know if Animal Crossing is uh mobile game or on the sw- on the switch
0: so i think it's just on the on the 3ds or or something uh, i mean i'm not an animal crossing player so i wouldn't know that i don't think it's on ios though animal crossing yeah uh, so um yeah i mean loot boxes are something that need to be controlled more uh and we'll see what uh, ends up happening with with the stuff in belgium i remember when they talked about uh, loot boxes before a few weeks ago cuz i think uh, Jason Schreier probably reported something at some point because that's the kind of stuff that he reports on. I mean, I like Jason Schreier a lot. He comes up with some interesting stories, uh, and he's kind of an insider and everything. Um, but yeah, it it just, it just depends how other countries react and like you know. I mean, we're we're going through Brexit over here or not or whatever whatever's going on. I try not to follow it too closely because it can get just a bit much. Um, we'll see how the UK handles things and how America handles things, because um, it's all kind of is politics, gaming, and gambling all all kind of in in one. Um, and yeah, just depends how which country kind of wants to deal with it. So, uh, other than that, like uh, I've only ever bought one. It wasn't actually a loot box. Uh, it was you know the microtransaction for Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, to like level up or whatever, because it was just frustrating to to level up in that game. Uh, But I've never bought a loot box before, not that I can recall. So, um, yeah, how about you? Do you buy much of that sort of stuff?
1: Not technically for loot boxes in the way that they actually want to, you know, prevent. I haven't done that. Um, I've said it a few times on the podcast. I'll play, like, a, a mobile phone game that's free and if I like it and I get some enjoyment out of that, I'll do a microtransaction, you know, toss them five, ten bucks, whatever. That I don't mind because, one, I get the game for free to begin with, and two, a lot of these developers aren't, like, you know, major IP titles. It's just, you know, somebody that made an app and just, you know, trying to get th- some things going. Mm-hmm. Uh, think... But past that, I don't think I ever actually have.
0: Yeah. Do you think we'll ever have a Battlefront 2 situation again? Where, where uh... it's just absolutely absurd sort, sort of thing?
1: hard telling. I mean, I... they got smacked down pretty damn hard <laughs> after that. Yeah. But, you know, it something's always possible to return.
0: I would have thought that like if another company, cuz it's not even something you have to search for to look at, it was like out there in news and everything. Uh even like outside of gaming news, it was in like political news and and that sort of stuff for gambling and and whatever. Um I would have thought that other company gaming companies that would have obviously known about it would sort of look at that game and think like Okay, let's let's try to never do that. And I would be—I mean, if you're the next, whoever is next to do something like that, if they if they do, um, they will be called like probably the next Battlefront two in terms of that. And I don't think a developer would want that as a title for their game, uh, for for something because I yeah, it's not a good look. So, but um, yeah, some developers do learn, some don't. Um, some companies do and don't learn, and we'll just have to see. Um who makes the next wrong move in terms of that? So, I mean, it's interesting because that's, like, an entirely different conversation to, like, broken video games. So, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, when you have both, it's even worse. So, uh, I mean, that was one good thing about Battlefront 2. It wasn't broken. It was playable and everything. So, uh, it just wanted a lot of your money. Uh, I mean, the, the only other example I can think of was... I can't remember if it came out before battlefront 2 was metal get survive where you had to pay like ten dollars for additional save slots which i think is absurd so yeah because uh, in days gone even though i've reached my full amount of uh, save slots i still have like 11 or something and you know if i mess up 11 save slots that's a little bit on me so yeah uh what else do you want to talk about
1: well in an interesting shift uh twitch over the weekend tested a uh Subscription only streaming service. The channel was uh, um, literally called dot slash underscore. I'm sorry, h g g underscore cheering underscore test. And when you go to the page, it says your free preview ends in three minutes fifty seconds with a subscribe button. And there's been a lot of hay. If you if you're on certain message boards and certain you know Reddit groups, there's been a lot of hay over this. Some people are freaking out because they think uh, Twitch is eventually going to go to sub only, to where you can only view somebody's content if you're subscribed to that. Uh, my opinion is if they do that, they will effectively, if they do switch to a sub only to where you only get about three minutes of content before you can only see somebody if you're subscribing, then they will effectively kill their platform because, first off, you're not going to know if you like somebody's content or not inside of Three and a half to four minutes. Hmm. I mean, you might it's see kind of Australia
0: for a for a Twitch, Twitch uh, channel in a way. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I'm okay with the concept of a streamer doing like a promo night, to where like they do sure. one night a week to try to get more subs in. To where they'll do their regular content, but they only do it for subs. But it's not like the subscription is the only way they get money. I mean, they still get donations, and most of the big streamers have their merch shop. Uh, some of the other channels and some of the other um, groupings on the debate were saying that uh, Twitch is just going to turn into cam porn, which I don't know is a big thing or not over in the UK. I mean, it's hard enough to find porn in the UK unless I you buy your think license. this
0: is a very different kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, the the argument that I heard, which I can't discount, is there's a lot of streamers out there that are basically just really attractive women dancing to songs and they could easily say, hey, I'm going to sub only in five minutes and you'll see me wearing this and then hold up. I guess I'm in really, terms of really that, you up, could, But,
0: but um, in terms of like normal game streaming, it's just, it's just a bit too different. So um, yeah. so would this be like, hey, if you subscribe to me, you can see the full channel, like a, a free Twitch subscription? Or is this an Amazon Prime type of paid subscription They
1: didn't. the The article didn't go into it. um This was literally just an initial test to see if they could okay. get the tech Cause, to work.
0: Because those are two very different things. Like if, if I, I'm just going to use Bold Mover as a random example. Uh, I watch those guys on on Wednesdays usually after we finish this podcast because uh, Aaron and Cecily play uh, play they play Mario stuff and and all that. And they it's interesting because they play some of the Mario games that I wouldn't be as interested in playing. But it's funny to watch. Those to play those games because c- they are funny, and plus, I j- I just enjoy watching them play the game. Um, I wonder if it would be like, hey, you can watch three minutes of of a bold move, uh, Super Mario stream, and if you want to watch more, do a free Twitch subscription. I think that's fine because then you know if you lose interest in that streamer, you can simply unsubscribe and not watch them again. But if it's a case of like, uh, some of the some of the big guys like a PewDiePie or a uh, who's that other guy a nin- Ninja. Yeah, I'll try to he's, ninja as on okay. gold.
1: Uh, you know, Trainwreck's TV people like that. See that—that's mm-hmm. that's where my fear comes in because anybody that's already an established streamer and can do that as their primary job, this isn't going to affect them because they already get thousands of subs a month. They already all—they already get who knows how much in donations a much. This right. is really going to hamper and hinder the people that are like myself that don't have. You know, don't have a regular streaming schedule. I mean, I'm on Mixer, so it's not really going to affect me that much. Mm-hmm. But you stream, and you know, you don't get a a big, big audience. But you'll have people pop in every now and then. All this is going to do is discourage people from being able to build an audience because unless they're already, you know, established, somebody's going to come in. Oh, that was fun! More, you know, that was a fun four minutes. Click yeah and then just change the channel or the whatever the metaphorical twitch version of changing the channel is
0: mm-hmm. i w- I also think that um if you're a ninja or or something like that and you do a a three minute trailer and then hey pay just a random example, pay two dollars for the next uh subscription for a month, I don't think those kinds of guys will need that sort of stuff, not with like you said the donations I get, the viewers I get, and they're all like doing i, I mean Dr. disrespect was doing advertising for like apex legends because he was streaming that i don't think those kinds of guys would need that sort of thing so i do think this would apply to like the people that have almost made it and just need that little bit more kind of push in terms of audience i I don't know i'm just kind of like yeah um, but the
1: people like that are just starting out that like maybe get four or five people on a stream if that so Okay. It'll just kill their chances of getting, you know, a, an audience base. Although, speaking of Dr. Disrespect, he was at the uh, NBA Finals in the last couple of games. Okay. Apparently, he lives close to it. And he was in full costume. So, he had the big fake weird, the big fake mustache. He's got his gaming headphones on. <laughs> and you can see him in the crowd. It's actually hilarious. Because hmm. I didn't know this. He is a tall, tall man. He is about 6'9". All right. Cool. So he's not hard to miss in the. He had seats like right behind the basket too. So he's like on camera a lot.
0: Cool, nice. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Today?
1: Uh, well, if you were a fan of Pokemon Go and loved the Dragon Quest franchise, a uh, version of Pokemon Go called Dragon Quest Walk will be coming out soon. Uh, the company on Sunday announced Dragon Quest Walk on iOS and Android, in addition to the iconic JRPG series. The reveal trailer showed little gameplay, but with a the depictions of uh, 3D uh, Dungeon Quest monsters interacting with real-life humans, it's going to be pretty much Pokemon Go, but with the Dragon Quest skin. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Uh, How do you feel about these types of games?
1: That was a really weird thing, because when Pokemon Go first launched, at the time I was still uh, making my income as an Uber driver, so when I was between uh, rides, I'd be sitting in a parking lot, because you don't want to just be driving around wasting gas. (laughs) And I constantly saw... Like a parent and a couple of kids, and the kids would be doing something with the phone, and like yay! And then the parent would take the phone from one kid, give it to the other kid, so they were clearly just you know taking turns catching Pokemon. So you had you had you know kids getting out, getting some exercise. You had like social meetups Um, when that was like really really hot when it first started. There was a guy in Austin, Texas that actually created the Pokemon Go bus to where that way you wouldn't be walking around or driving around trying to play the game. He actually would get people to pay him to load them up on a bus, and he'd just drive to all the good spots to catch Pokemon. Hmm. Which, you know, ingenuity is quite the thing.
0: To me, it was a situation where, um, like, I'd started it, and then every time, when I'd walk, like, down to the shops or something like that, obviously, I'd keep an eye on where I was going. Um, I'd, like, sort of search around a bit. Um, I mean, lots of people check Twitter and Facebook while they're walking anyway, so this isn't that much different. But I'd sort of, like, glance up and down, you know at the phone uh, or glance up to see where I was going and glance down at the phone and then like when I saw one pop up on the map I'd click on it and obviously stop and try and get it the problem is and one of the problems that I found and this goes in the opposite direction of the whole social thing. I remember when I said to my uh, niece when, when she was living down here um, like hey do you want to like yeah, go around and go around and look for some Pokemon and it was like summer it was nice outside and everything so I thought like hey we'll just go out and, and have a walk and whatever and, and have a good time And then we got to, uh, not a Pokemon bus thing, but a actual bus stop. Uh, And it, like, came up with some alerts or something. And um, there was this Pokemon on, like, not in, I didn't go in, obviously, someone's garden. But there was this, like, Pokemon that was sort of pointed towards where someone's garden would be. It came up and I was able to click on it. And then the Pokemon was kind of, like, on, not on someone's fence, like, slightly outside of that. Uh, and then I put my phone up, and I saw somebody kind of looking out of the window, and I thought like, oh, this person thinks I'm trying to take a photo of them or of the house or something weird like that. And uh, because of the way they were looking at me and stuff, I said like, oh, sorry, we can't get this one to to my niece, and like, I sort of just went because you 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 kind of feel uncomfortable, but when you when you do something like that, when you you have your phone out and you're pointing it at someone's house and any number of things could be on your screen, um, I mean you could just be checking Twitter or something, you could be taking a photo or you could be playing one of these uh, Pokemon or Dragon Quest type of games uh, and it was simply a case of, you know, I was doing an innocent thing, I was out with my niece, trying to just catch Pokemon and have some fun or whatever and I said to her like, hey look this Pokemon's on the screen, let's try and throw the the uh, ball at it and catch it and then this person's just standing there kind of watching me wondering what's going on, um, so it, I do think it works a lot better, you know, if you've got, um, if you're with a group of people and you're at, like, a Pokemon bus, and then, you know, you've all got your phones out and you're all pointing it around, then it doesn't look as weird, if you get what I mean, because it's like, oh, this group of people are clearly, like, taking photos or playing Pokemon or doing whatever, um, so yeah, and then from there on, I kind of just stopped playing it after that, so, um, but it's a good game, it's, it's a good kind of idea, but it is more of a, like, a social thing as opposed to you walking around holding your phone up. Pointing at certain things, so uh, I don't know. Like if you if you're aiming and trying to uh, throw a ball, a Pokemon, and someone comes around the corner and they look at you, and you think, "Oh, they're trying to take a photo or do something weird," so it's a bit awkward. Do you get what I mean? Though it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's 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 a little awkward. But um, if you've got like friends that play it with you, and then you've got regular places where you go to that have a bus, like the guy has set up that that you're talking about, it's uh, probably a bit more worth it. So. Um, but in terms of, uh, I don't know what type of game I would want for that sort of thing. I know there's, like, a Walking Dead one, um, but in terms of, like, collecting things or attacking things or whatever, uh, there isn't a specific franchise I'd kind of look at, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anything else you want to say about this?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I have a couple friends that still play it obsessively, like, like, I've jokingly posted on their Facebook page, like, get therapy for playing this game so much, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a very, very popular game. It oh, made yeah. crazy amounts of money when it first launched out. Uh, Nintendo's stock price jumped up 10%, even though Nintendo had nothing to do with it, <laughs> uh, because it was not a Nintendo owned IP and they weren't the company that made the app. Yeah. People liked it so much that they just bought stock and the stock went up. Um, but, you know, I just, like I've always said, I'm not going to root for anybody to fail. So I hope it's a, a good game. I hope it's a functional game. And I hope that people that enjoy the franchise enjoy it.
0: And the next time someone points a phone at you, they're not trying to necessarily take a picture. They might just be trying to catch Bulbasaur or something. Uh. So, but you just never know, dear. you? You just never know what someone might be trying to do. <clears throat> um, what else would you like to talk about?
1: Well, uh, in advance of their E3 press conference, Microsoft has made a couple of announcements. Uh, first off, they've announced a game sale starting the 7th, which is this Friday which is going to go, coincide with Sony's game sale that we uh, talked about last week on the podcast. Yep. Uh, according to Major Nelson, hundreds of games. Check the website for all the details. Uh, nothing really immediately jumped out at me, uh, but that's just because they didn't have anything like shocking deep sale like they did for like having Spider-Man or Days Gone for 20 bucks. Uh, but in conjunction with that announcement, they also announced uh, that the uh, Game Pass uh, service is going to be coming for PC, uh, it's going to be called uh, game pass Xbox game pass on PC you know real original there right uh, they didn't they didn't give uh, costs whether it was going to be separate from the Xbox game pass if it's going to be like a joint thing to where you buy one and you get on both the Xbox and the PC uh, they did say they will give full details at the press conference which is Monday June 9th for e3 uh, they also announced that the... Uh, all the consoles are going to be going on a sale. I know the, the Xbox One X is going to be going for $100 off. And the other different bundles and packages are going to be going on sale as well. So check your local stores for what everything's going to cost. And if you didn't think about an upgrade, now would be the time to do it. E3 is always a good time to do console upgrades because there's always a discount for something.
0: Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm still hoping it does come uh, to Switch because uh, that would kind of suit me a bit more. Um then I I would just kind of instantly take more interest to Game Pass if that was a thing, because um, then like certain other games that uh, wouldn't be like rent for for me to to rent or so, or something, um, I could just have them on the Game Pass again. Like I said with Game Pass, it depends. If it does come to Switch, it would depend on what games could run on the Switch, because obviously most if not all Xbox games could probably run on PC because uh, it's you know superior system or whatever. Uh, but it makes sense. They've been trying to do more PC stuff. The whole Microsoft store as opposed to the Xbox store or whatever. And I mean, it's no new kind of thing for them to be putting games on PC. So uh, it makes sense. And we'll see what else they will say at E3. Hopefully they kind of tie it in with the announcement that uh, Game Pass is coming to Switch. So, But again, I don't know which games you could put on there. Uh, maybe like Cuphead and Ori and could Gears of War 4 run on switch i don't know uh,
1: they got doomed was... to run on switch i don't know how well it ran on switch but they got doomed to run on switch so
0: yeah yeah um we'll see how the game I was gonna um gonna mention? apparently there's a rumor that the witch is supposed to be coming to switch uh and that's gonna be the a bit... the, the, 3. the
1: one the one could easily run on it two maybe i don't think that three could uh, if th- they got three to run on it it would downgrade so much that nobody would want to play it mmm
0: yeah, depends what they, they're able to I mean, Zelda Breath of the Wild looks really, really good, but that's like in-house first yeah. party developed, whereas this would be a third party thing. Um,
1: yeah, the one thing that I would love, which would never, never happen, would be have Nintendo have their digital store on the Xbox platform so that I wouldn't have to buy a Maybe. Switch. I could buy digitally uh, um, Switch games and play them on my Xbox.
0: Right, like Breath of the Wild. and Never
1: whatever, happened, so. but I would love to see it. The one thing that I really does hope happen is Nintendo, uh, Xbox and Microsoft get Nintendo's online things sorted out and just get them straightened out.
0: Mm. That would make sense, because if they're partnering with Sony on the whole streaming thing, why would they not help out Nintendo? So uh-huh. it, it kind of seems like Microsoft's in this situation where, like, let's help out everybody. Let's have our games on everything. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see from this E3 in, like, you know, a few days or whatever how all that's going to play out and what they're going to do with with some of that stuff. Because it's clear that they want to do stuff with Nintendo um, and they want to do some smaller things with Sony and whatever. So, yeah, uh, we'll what plus, the, I mean, it's Sony. not
1: like it's without precedent. I mean, uh, Microsoft does own uh, uh, Minecraft and you can play Minecraft on Switch and you can play it on PS4. Yeah. It does behoove them to, uh, you know, let other people play with their toys as long as they get a cut of it. Yep,
0: makes sense. Um. Yeah, so the press conference for Microsoft, I think, is on Sunday at 1 Pacific, I believe.
1: So, yeah, uh, let me double check. Because yeah. oh. I actually just added those to my calendar so I wouldn't forget them.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to wait for people to start saying, like, hey, so-and-so conference in two hours or whatever. And then I'm just going to go and watch whatever. Yeah, so.
1: yeah Sunday is the busy day because it's 4 p.m. my time, which is going to be 9 p.m. your time for Microsoft. Yeah, And then 9 p.m. my time, which is going to put it at 2 a.m. your time for Bethesda.
0: Oh yeah, I, I forgot when Beth- Bethesda's was I remember when Squares is Because that's the uh, quote-unquote Sony slot yeah. So um, What was the other thing I was going to say? I, I don't know if we talked about this last week But uh, there's rumours that Microsoft's press conference Is going to be two hours Which would make sense if they're going to have some Nintendo stuff Their own stuff and a whole bunch of third-party stuff as well uh, Like Cyberpunk, If that's, that's probably going to be there um, oh yeah th- there's a lot more that you that's lining up to be at Microsoft it, in fact when I've been listening to like the kind of funny predictions and a bunch of other people do their predictions and they would talk about these odd third-party games the other co-host would say to them like hey where's that going to show up and they'll go oh probably Microsoft because they're like the third-party kind of you know they'll do their own you know Gears of War and Ori and all that but it seems like a lot of uh more third-party games are kind of popping up over there so yeah um all right what else do you want to talk about
1: Uh, Well, the last thing I have to talk about is a little article that came out of the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Netflix is partnering with Wizards of the Coast and its parent company Hasbro to create an anime revolving around Magic the Gathering's plane walkers. Uh, If you don't play the card game uh, in the Magic lore, planeswalkers are almighty wizards that can travel between planes of existence, and their characters have served as basically the... uh, you know, the flag bearer for the different colors of mana that you use in the game. And they are definitely not pulling any punches and they are definitely not skimping on the budget in terms of getting the writers because it's going to be executive produced by the Russo brothers mm. who just finished up their run with doing all the really good Avengers and really good uh, Captain America movies. Uh, Henry Gilroy, who was a writer for star Wars rebels and Jose Molina, who was a writer for the tick and agent Carter. Um, the animation is being done by Bardell Entertainment, which worked on Rick and Morty, Teen Titans Go, and Netflix's The Dragon Prince. Which, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. It's a very good uh, cartoon.
0: Which one, The Dragon Prince?
1: The Dragon Prince.
0: Yeah, I've seen the uh, first season, and then they dropped, uh, second- and, then, and then they dropped season two like out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm already in the bunch, of, uh, uh, already in the middle of uh, a bunch of shows." I think it got renewed for season three as well, although I'm not 100 percent sure about that.
1: I wouldn't doubt that it's gotten renewed. I haven't heard anything official-official, but I wouldn't doubt it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find somebody that a really interesting meme about um, Netflix acquiring, uh, like, The Witcher, and um, for some reason Avatar was in the picture. I can't find it now. I should have saved the picture. Uh, I'm trying to scroll a little bit through Twitter. I'll probably not find it, but um, it was basically, like, showing um, a bunch of the properties that netflix has recently acquired i think they had the um what was the one that was announced last last week they announced something else coming to uh i can't remember but it was it it was this guy in like the netflix boardroom saying like hey i've given all you guys together because disney's buying everything and we need um to have new properties and stuff uh which makes sense like i mean netflix doesn't uh, uh, disney doesn't own these other things netflix are getting the rights for uh or the rights at least for the for the tv show so it makes sense um, I will still continue to hold the same point, which is that I do think it's time to adapt more games to TV. Uh, the Witch is probably going to be the next one that comes out. It's supposed to be later this year. They have finished filming uh, Season 1. Henry Cavill uh, put an Instagram post out to say, hey, we finished like production. Um so maybe there'll be a trailer at like Comic Con or something next month, we we don't know. Um but that will probably be the next one. Then there's this uh Magic the Gathering. I'm not really all that familiar with the property itself, but I will check out the series. because it's Netflix and the Russos and all that and uh and that sort of thing. They've got something else that they're they're doing. I'm sure there was something announced like last week. David probably talked about it on Geek Town, but I've I've forgotten about what it is. Um yeah, them just quite acquiring a bunch of things. It's going to be cool to see them them do what they're doing at the moment. And then you've got um, the Halo TV series. that's supposed to be coming out from Showtime. I think they're uh, mm-hmm. they're making it. And then there's there's another one. I think that's supposed to be happening as well. But um, yeah, the the more of the because this seems to be a bit more of a recent thing. Like you got the Halo series, you've got Netflix. Now you got uh, Magic the Gathering. Um, was it? It wasn't Dungeons and Dragons. I can't remember what the other one was from from last week or the week before um but yeah it seems to be something that is getting picked up a bit more netflix obviously seem to be the ones that are doing it and I'm, I'm just excited to see how all these things kind of kind of play out and uh personally i'm more interested in the the witcher and so, than some of these other things and it seems like the witcher is going to be next so um yeah it's time for some some trailers and whatever happens and uh it will be interesting to see how it goes um how, how do you feel about all these tv series kind of popping up
1: uh, well, I think trying to adapt a video game to a live series, whether animated or live action, you really can really only go with something like a Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or something like that, because right. they've done so movies they to death. Movies. Yeah. Well, not so much big budget, it's just something like that needs more than two hours, and they've tried movies like crazy, and mm-hmm. occasionally they'll kind of sort of work <laughs> a little bit, but for the most part, they're just awful.
0: Mm. I remember the last one that I watched, which was I, I didn't actually finish it because I thought it was so bad, which was the uh, Assassin's Creed film. Um, uh-huh. I I just i it just I watched like twenty minutes of it and like, I just couldn't I couldn't take any more. So <laughs> yeah, um, it was just weird the way it was done, and I do still think if you took like Mar- Michael Fassbender and took the same the same thing but just adapted it to episodes, it would just it would just work so much better. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see how all of these TV shows uh, end up going. I, I can't remember the other name of the other show that, that got picked up recently. Uh, but it was Netflix that was doing it, I think. So, uh, that makes sense. Um, oh yeah, they they said, um, not video game related, but they're doing a Jurassic World animated series. I remember they announced that like a couple of days ago Um, for for Netflix. Or something. I think it was, it was even Nickelodeon on Netflix, I can't remember. My mind's not working properly. Um, cool. So we'll see how all these turn out. Uh, what else do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, that's all I had. With the, the, you're the E3, there's not a whole lot of news coming out. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is good because we're going to get a whole bunch within the next week. So, uh, Like hours worth of press conferences. Um, Google Stadia is supposed to be doing their um, a, a press conference of some kind. They said, hey, we've got an E3 thing that we're doing. Uh, in terms of predictions, I kind of predicted last week what I thought they'd be doing, which is revealing the rest of their service, like price and bandwidth and games and that sort of thing. So uh, to move on to my news, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, so technically the third Watch Dogs game, but it's called Watch Dogs Legion, has been officially revealed. Uh, it was leaked like multiple times, I saw multiple sources leaking it, and then Ubisoft came out and said, hey, we'll see you E3, hashtag Watch Dogs Legion, or whatever they said. Uh, so the game is real uh it's apparently set in london i did see one uh rumor which said that it was set in like a post brexit london which is very interesting because that current state of the world doesn't exist yet um, yeah it's
1: going to be and if that is the case and if it is a post brexit london it'll be interesting to think to see what they think will happen when uh, Britain leaves the UK,
0: Mm. the EU rather. If it does or doesn't or whatever, whatever happens with Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because I've heard of like a no deal Brexit and like a Brexit and then a no Brexit. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, but yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I really enjoyed, Watch Dogs one was good. It was a good place to kind of test like essentially Grand Theft Auto but with hacking but slightly less budget i suppose because obviously you're a rock star and all that uh watch dogs 2 i thought improved a lot uh, i thought the story was better i thought the characters was better, were better and there was also more characters um i thought the gameplay was a lot better the things that they introduced uh, and you could also use like drones and little uh like a uh, remote control car sensor things that you could use um so if they take what they learnt from Watch Dogs 2 and kind of apply it to 3 and then set it in London. Uh, I don't I don't personally need it to be set in London for it to be like good or whatever. Um, but it'll be interesting. It's always kind of interesting to see your own country be adapted to uh, certain things. Or even just like original stuff like um, any kind of normal British uh, TV. So like a Doctor Who or something and see Jodie Whitaker walk through kind of the streets of London or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you just see things that you recognize more, like British bus stops and British buses and British streets and the incredible lack of color that our country has. Um, like, I, have you seen UK buildings much? We we just ha- like someone forgot to paint most of them. Like ninety percent of buildings in in the UK outside of, like central London just don't really have much color. They're like grey or black or white or sort of a mixture. I don't know how many buildings you've kind of seen from London.
1: I mean I've seen stuff on the news so I've seen a little bit but it's usually something related to either a political building or mm-hmm. like a like a news media building so not a whole whole lot.
0: Right. So yeah, hopefully they give it a bit more color as well because we don't have much over here. Uh, apart from obviously the big red buses, but um yeah, it'd be interesting to see if like cuz we don't even know if they're going with the same character, if they're going to go with a new character, continue the story, what they're going to do uh and we will see when is ubisoft it's like mondays isn't it there's a whole bunch of them on it's on Mondays. anything
1: that's not saturday or sunday is at a really is it a really weird time and it's also at a time that i can't see because most of them are like 9 a.m pacific time which puts it noon so i'm still gonna be at work so anything not on saturday or sunday i'm gonna have to watch on demand after the fact so
0: um, but yeah, I'm really excited because I, I really enjoyed the second one. And um, yeah, that's all, all we kind of know. It will at least be set in Britain from what I've uh, seen and read. But yeah, like, like you said, the post-Brexit thing will be kind of interesting because that, that time doesn't exist yet. So uh, yeah, look out for Ubisoft's press conference next week. Hopefully we also get... Um, a lot of people have been saying it would be really cool if like the, if they turn off all the lights in the room and uh, did I say Bethesda? I meant to say Ubisoft. If they turn off all the lights in the room and then they do the pew sort of thing for the uh, for Splinter Cell with the night vision rules, that would be really cool.
1: Yeah, uh, apparently um, one of the game stores here in the States had something spl- Splinter Cell related as like a toy mm-hmm. that you could pre-order ahead of E3. And so that's gotten the rumor mill going that it's going to be, there's going to be some kind of Splinter Cell announcement this year.
0: Mm-hmm. I I wonder how, cause I really liked Splinter Cell: Blacklist and Conviction. I don't know if I'd call myself a like hardcore fan. So those of you that have played like all of the games, I wonder how people would feel if they like remastered Blacklist and Conviction or something. I don't, I don't know. But then again, those two are backwards compatible, so you, you don't need to do that.
1: Well, so, on on Xbox they are. Yeah, on yeah. Uh, PS4, you'd have to get a remaster. Yep. Um.
0: But yeah, it's probably going to be a new game. So if that happens. Let's move on. Uh, Rocksteady who were the guys behind uh, the Batman Arkham franchise uh, came out yesterday and they said look a lot of you guys have asked us if if we will be at E3 Uh, and they simply said no we won't we want to kind of clear that up before E3 starts basically. So you're not watching these conferences or you're not watching a Microsoft conference and waiting for a WB or Rocksteady logo or something. Um, Are you disappointed by this news?
1: Oh, uh, actually no, not because I don't like what they do. I love the the Arkham series. Um mm-hmm. but if they don't have anything or they don't have anything that's in the state ready right enough to show it, then I'm fine with them not showing it. I mean, we don't have to know about everything, you know, nine years in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's in a showable state or if you're trying to like, you know, crowdfund or fundraise money, then yeah, I could see like hop it on the Microsoft stage or some other stage like that. But if you got nothing, you got nothing.
0: Yeah. It, it's. It, I agree with you with that, like what you said, like if they if they only have a logo to show uh, for whatever game they could be making uh, and then we don't hear about the game for another four years, people will be saying like, oh, we haven't heard about the game for four years. But then again, they released Batman Arkham and then they've kind of said, yeah, we're working on something, but we're not ready to show you. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing about game development is if you say, hey, we're working on something, and then you show it too early or show it later. Like, you, you, your gamers are kind of still waiting in, in both aspects. But, like, like I mean, because after Batman Arkham Knight came out, it was obvious, they were obviously going to make other games. So it's not as if they even needed to come out and say, hey, we're still working on something. Because it would be weird if they turned around and said, hey, we're not making games anymore. But um, it it is a bit of a shame that, like, okay, we've been waiting a while. And the work, they want to make the wait sort of worth it. Obviously, like, they want to come out and do a whole, I guess, blowout of news sort of thing. When the time's right for them. Um, but it's just a continuous conversation of, like, what are they working on? Is it a Justice League game? Is it... Well, apparently it's not a Superman game. Uh, is it another Batman game? Is it co-op? Or is it Ninja Turtles? Or... We don't know. So... Uh, or is it that Harry Potter game that got leaked or, or whatever? So, um... They won't be there. And we don't have to uh, speculate for another couple of days what it will be. Um... But, I mean, they don't have to be at E3 necessarily. What about if they come out next year in March or something and say, like, hey, we're ready to, to show you a trailer or something. We just don't know. So,
1: Yep, or they could always jump on to a Sony State of Play or an Inside Xbox episode.
0: Yeah, they could do that. Or uh, I doubt they'd be at Nintendo Direct, but, uh, yeah, I get what you mean with that, so... We will have to just continue to wait and see what Rocksteady is working on. Uh, the only other thing I've got to mention is an E3 prediction, which I haven't told you about yet. Um, <laughs> and and then I've got two emails, actually we've got three emails to talk about. One of them is from the Game of Thrones series wrap-up, which might sound confusing, but it'll make sense once, once we get there. Obviously I'm not going to throw Game of Thrones spoilers in a gaming podcast, that doesn't make sense. Uh, it's related to something else, but we'll get there in a minute. Um... So I think it's a possibility. And this is just like me having fun. And I kind of thought like. Okay what prediction is like. Semi realistic but probably not going to happen. But what could kind of happen. Um, Microsoft has been buying more. Uh, like studios lately. And THQ Nordic has been the one buying. Um, IP lately. But what about if. Uh, Microsoft buys a particular IP. um the Metal Gear franchise. Do you think that's at all possible?
1: Uh I mean technically it's possible in the sense that uh, you know if the checks big enough they'll sell it. Mm. They obviously aren't getting the returns that they had between Metal Gear Solid 5 and Metal Gear Survive. No. Um And with Kojima being gone and getting in with us having a release date for this year for Death Stranding, yeah, you know, I don't give it a very, very high chance that they could do that, but it would be an interesting, interesting, big fuck you to Sony if Microsoft bought that and then re-hired Kojima Mm -hmm. and the other writer that left after uh, 4, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, but you could see... Definitely see the quality of the writing go down when he left, because as several people have stated, as creative as Kojima is, he's not a writer, and he does need you know one or two people to kind of rein in his thoughts and make it more or less coherent. Mm-hmm. And we definitely saw that in Five, and you know we're definitely going to see that in Death Stranding, yeah. Because we got what a good eight minute trailer, and I still have no clue what that <laughs> game's really about. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, have you played Metal Gear Solid Five?
1: Nope. I think I might have played it, like, a little bit if it was, like, on a free weekend play or something, but I'd honestly have to look at my game log to see.
0: Okay. Uh, All I was going to mention for it is is this is a very light spoiler. Um, But there's a bit at the start of the game where uh, Snake lands on this piece of rock, or it comes down for like, a helicopter or something. He uh, takes his night vision goggles off, and he does his classic line of, like, kept you waiting, huh, kind of thing. I mean, David Hayter would say that a lot better than what I just did, obviously. Uh, and so would Keeper Sutherland, um can you imagine like again, this is just me having like fun with the e three e three predictions because it's that time of year if like um the lights don't have to go off Splinter the cell style, but like if you had uh let's say always just been shown and it's been given a release date or something, and then uh they cut to the next bit and um you see someone like land from you know come from the rope from the, off the helicopter or whatever. He gets up. It's this guy with night vision goggles. Pulls the things up and says, "Kept you waiting, huh?" Um, that would that. I mean, people would like scream and <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, and again, Microsoft would be the place to to sort of show this. Um, and again, I'm pointing at Microsoft for buying this IP. Um, so yeah, it, it would just be kind of a a funny kind of fun thing if it did ever happen. So, and in terms of like as beloved as Castlevania and. Silent Hill are, I think that Metal Gear is probably the bigger IP of the three of those, um, someone could probably argue against me with that, which is fine um, but we you know I think Solid Snakes is a bit more kind of iconic than, than those sorts of things um, and it'll be cool to kind of see that happen if it ever did, but um, like, like what you said if the check's big enough, I wonder what check Konami would need for that uh, to kind of happen, so um, what about if like they didn't buy the IP from Konami, but they said, hey, we'll give you, like, a development team or something. And they made a game under Konami, maybe. But then again, you, you'd kind of need Kojima, because, you know, that that's his franchise. So, uh, I don't know. It's just something I'm having fun with. So, we'll see what happens at E3. Let's move on to some emails. Uh you can send yours into org, twitter e talk uk. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Michael says my big E3 prediction is that Scalebound has been redone for Switch and Xbox and is on Game Pass that day. Um it's a fair but ambitious prediction. Um there's a is sl- more of a possibility of that happening than Microsoft buying the Metal Gear IP. Uh what what do you think the possibility of this is?
1: Pretty much zero, just Mm -hmm. because, uh, or at least zero of it being ready that day, because if they had anything that was playable, we would have heard about it by now, because nobody keeps any good secrets anymore, we pretty much, for the most part, know what's coming out outside of a few surprises. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what happened with this studio that's doing that, I know they're not doing it now, um, it Deep Silver or Quicksilver or something like that? I
0: think
1: so. Um. Something like that. Anyway, they they said they le- made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot from it, but they didn't say that they were continuing on with the IP. I mean, I do know that Microsoft uh, renewed the, uh, um, the uh, friend, the trademark for it, but that's just you know more bookkeeping than anything else because you kind of have to keep those trademarks uh, locked down. Yep. So, uh
0: yeah, it's a fun prediction though. So. Uh the odd little piece of feedback that we had from uh, the Game of Thrones, what word do you think you have said most on a podcast? This comes from Jessica. Uh I knew what my one was and David said the same word. Uh what would what you think I've said most on a podcast? What what particular word?
1: Probably podcast. Really? Huh. Yeah. Because think about it, every time you talk about a podcast, you say podcast. We talk about the podcast all the time.
0: Yeah. What about outside of that, like general kind of words?
1: for me it's probably a stammer word like uh or, mm, or something like that i don't know
0: i would definitely say that i say like quite a lot uh and david uh, strongly agreed with me when i said that on the uh, game of thrones thing don't don't go into that podcast if you haven't um watched game of thrones obviously though so uh, that's why i kind of brought it over here also to get your uh, thoughts on it um what word do you think you've said most on a podcast
1: it's hard telling. I tend to vary my words up a lot because when I was doing my own podcast, I had to do my own editing, so I had to listen to my voice constantly, and it drove me nuts. So I would catch myself saying the same word over and over again and try to change it up a little bit, so I honestly would not have a guess on that.
0: Hmm. Um, I, I tried to get David to talk, talk about uh, the word that you've said, but you've only done, what, like three or four podcasts together, maybe? Uh-huh. Because you About did like, that. The, like the best of podcast You did two specials I think Episode 150 and 100 uh, And then we did and Actually it would been more than that because we did Captain Marvel together And we also did Actually we didn't do Avengers all, to, all together did we? Uh, no. we That was three separate podcasts So um, yeah I don't know You you say hard telling A little bit um, I mean some of these words are like temporary Sort of okay your brain needs like a minute to think mm-hmm. Something so like when you're maybe thinking of something you kinda of say that and then maybe you come up with like a thought. So But then again everybody has words that they say um that are like that. So uh yep. there you go. Lily says when doing your predictions, I don't remember either of you talking about it a it's out right now type of thing. Um I think Ori for Xbox is going to be a right now thing. So like out right now or uh yeah, out out that day or out that out right now sort of thing. Um, do you have any predictions on any companies that might do something like that? Because that doesn't happen as much as a, hey, we have one last thing. Um, but some things do get re- revealed or released uh, on that day. Even something as simple as like beta sign-ups for xCloud or something like that. So, uh, Do you think anything might be revealed or released or d- beta dropped at E3?
1: I agree with you that Ori is the most likely to be out right now. If anything is out right now, mm-hmm. um, maybe like a, a large patch or a large DLC for a game, because we know that Monster Hunter Worlds is getting some DLC content. We saw that in the last day to play, and there was a Twitter announcement that I kind of saw a little bit of, but didn't wasn't able to really read into. So that one has the best chance as well. Past that, I don't know really.
0: Okay. We have some small news that I've just checked, because I do temporarily check my uh, phone for some news. There's a guy called Doug uh, Cookley. In his Twitter Mm -hmm. profile, it says, I do stuff, actor, Geralt, Witcher voiceover. So he might be the guy who voices him, I can't remember. And he said who else wants to see this so you can it's at at d at d c o c k l e if you want to go and check him out on twitter and he said who else wants to see this with a wink face witcher cd project red uh witcher 3 switch nintendo switch so it's looking a little bit more likely uh that that might happen and someone's made like a box art thing but i don't know if that's fan made or whatever it's got like a picture of uh of uh Geralt on roach like on a, a switch screen and then it's got a like uh switch made cover for for the witcher 3 so that's interesting as well and it's it's coming from like he's like verified on twitter and everything like that so um yeah we'll see someone's made a joke below said 720p and 24 frames per second um yeah, yeah i do wonder how that game would run on switch so uh we'll have to see how true that is um but yeah, uh yeah, Ori on um like an outright now kind of thing would, would sort of make sense. I do expect that to be a sort of July, or- anywhere between that day and like the end of August sort of thing. Uh Ooh. and then Gears pro- Gears and whatever Doing the Thoughts would be like October, November, that would be kinda of my guess. Um plus Gears is a little bit more not that they'd go for like a Halloween type of release, but it's a bit more of a horror Kind of thing. They might just just look for October for that, and then they usually have a Forza game uh, come out at the end of the year. So again, we'll see what happens. Uh, and that's what we've got for you for, for this rep- episode of Random Gaming Talk. Thank you all very much for listening. We'll of course be back next week to discuss everybody apart from Sony's uh, and Rocksteady's um, E3 stuff. See what happens. And um, yeah, any last minute crazy predictions? Anything? that you've maybe thought of that's a little bit less likely, but uh, is maybe on the Microsoft Metal Gear <laughs> level of things?
1: Nothing I haven't already talked about on the podcast yet. So
0: yeah. Okay, cool. All right, well, you can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. <clears throat> you can uh, submit questions, comments, feedback, all that sort of thing, uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, uh, contact page information in the show notes. If you'd like to support Entertainment Talk and support the podcast, we are on Patreon. We also have an Amazon affiliate link, you can shop on there, we'll get a small cut, it won't cost you extra. Uh, what else is there? iTunes feeds, please rate, review and subscribe to those. Also, if you haven't listened to the Game of Thrones podcast yet, but you intend to, but you listen to this first, which is entirely possible, do say do stay subscribed to that Game of Thrones feed, because we might update it with the, uh, the Long Night stuff when it happens as well, so... Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see with that. But please rate, review, and subscribe to the feeds. That will help us out as well. If you don't want to put in a review, you can just uh, tap on the star rating and give us that as well. Word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people about the website uh, and the iTunes feeds. Uh, Facebook, please share them on there. Twitter, please retweet them as well. Put them in different Facebook groups. Uh, video games, if you want to watch me, Robert, or David will play different video games. Uh, me and David stream on Twitch. Uh, Robert streams on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening. And we'll see you for E3. Should be exciting.